Now we're going to look at what this commandment calls us to, the greatness that it calls us to. And we have to look at God's plan. God had a, a wonderful plan in this commandment that, he, that he's kind of hidden in there, but we're going to pull it out and understand it better. You see that all that God created, all the, the good food and the natural laws and the physical laws, all the things that we have in our world is part of God's plan of salvation. And he built it right in to creation. Through this gift from God and all that we enjoy, we experience God. That wonderful, delicious apple, that, that wonderful cherry, the, the fruit of the cherry, and the wonderful, beautiful scenery that we look at, all part of God's creation. And doesn't it make us want to know a little bit about that creator who is so amazing that he was able to create all this and that he gave it to us? to enjoy. Doesn't it draw us to want to be with God? And that's part of his salvation is that it draws us to want to be with God, not just today, but when our time here on earth is over. That's part of his plan. Now, I want you to think back to maybe when you were a child, and, and hopefully you had the same experience that I did with maybe a, a favorite aunt or a favorite uncle or your grandmother or grandparents, and, and, and really you look forward to being with that, that favorite aunt or uncle. And when they would come to visit, you would anticipate them coming. My mom's brother, Uncle Danny Mack, he was that favorite uncle, probably I think to all of us in our family. And he would come in the summertime and spend a week or so with us. And we always knew that when he came, it was going to be a good week. And it always was. And when he came, he, he was generous with us. And he was generous joyfully with us. And it was so much fun. He would share with us or provide to us some of the little extras that our parents of seven children weren't able to afford. And it was such a special treat. Nothing big, but he gave out of his joy and his love. And it made us want to be with him. I remember anticipating him arriving and hating it when he left. This is what God does in creation. In the gifts that he gives to us, the beautiful gifts of this good food and the beautiful scenery. And doesn't it make us want to be with him? And shouldn't it make us want to be with him? Now, if we're only focused on ourselves, maybe it doesn't. But we need to be focused on everybody. We need to get ourselves out of the way so we can see all this goodness and we can see the God that created these wonderful things so that we can truly want to be with him and not just be chasing what he created but to embrace and love the creator. So God did not provide just for the, the strong and the beautiful and the educated. He provided for all of us and we can see this in Catechism, paragraph 2452, which tells us God has provided for everyone, not just for some of us to have good food, a comfortable and a safe place to live, and time to rest, to enjoy living and to be grateful for God's blessing. All of this that he gave 
is for all of us to enjoy. Now, when we look at the reality of things, some of us have a little bit more or maybe a lot more and some not so much. And there's a variety of reasons as to why this is. But we need to make sure in justice and charity that we share with others. And this is part of God's plan of salvation, that we participate with him in salvation. That we help others see the goodness of God and want to be with him because of his goodness through the things that we share with them. We're going to want that when we come face to face with Jesus, we're going to have a good answer for him. A few years ago, I went to a talk given by my friend Dan Spencer. And he said, you know, hopefully all of us will, will be at the pearly gates and Jesus will come out and embrace us. And he'll say, well done, my good and faithful servant. But Dan said, you know, Jesus is going to have a question for us. His question is going to be, who did you bring with you? I don't know about you, but I don't want to stand there empty-handed with nothing to offer. I want to be able to turn around and say, well, I, I hope I helped these people enough that they could see your love and embrace you and want to be with you so that they can come along in this journey. And we want Jesus to respond with the answer well then, come, you who are blessed by my Father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. A stranger, and you welcomed me. Naked, and you clothed me. Ill, and you cared for me. In prison, and you visited me. Isn't this what we all want? for ourselves and isn't this what we want for others as well our children and those who we meet once and we were able to extend a hand to that person in our generosity and we can turn around and we can see their faces as they stand there and we offer them to Jesus this is the call to greatness in this commandment participate in God's plan of salvation not just for ourselves but for others you know we think about how the intangible ways that we steal maybe we don't steal but sometimes the intangibles that people ha have taken away from them how it hurts them so badly it can be so damaging to them well on the flip side of things the intangible things that we give can be wonderful signs of generosity and can be just as uplifting as stealing can be detrimental. One of these things could just be a smile. You know, somebody might have lost their smile. What if we just share our smile with them? And what if we take some time to, to teach somebody something they didn't realize before, something very valuable to them, and we can see the beautiful smile on their face as they think of now all the possibilities that they can put into their lives because of something that we shared 
Think of the times that somebody who was sick had somebody visit them. And then they realize, you know, I'm sick and I'm here by myself, but somebody cared enough to come and spend some time with me. These are intangible things that we can give to one another. And don't they mean so much more than the material stuff that we accumulate? Think of that person who's grieving and they just lost their loved one and they're feeling alone and a friend comes and sits with them and consoles them and makes them feel that they're not alone. These intangible gifts that we share are, are ever so important, just as much important as the material things that we can share and sometimes much more important. So how do we get outside of ourselves? How do we put things in the right perspectives and the right priorities in our lives so that we can see other people's needs better and easier? We can look at what Jesus tells us in Mark 12. We can look back to the, to the commandments that he says are the greatest commandments. This helps us put things in the right priorities. Jesus tells us the greatest commandments. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and the first commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. These two commandments show us the priorities that we need to put into our lives by putting Jesus first in our lives, going back to the foundation commandment, that first commandment, the one that gives meaning to all of the others, putting Jesus first in our lives and then loving others as we love ourselves. Getting things in this order helps us to discover what we are all wanting in these relationships that God wants for us. Joy, putting Jesus and then others and then yourselves in that order helps us to experience those relationships of joy that God wants for us. Now, I'm going to tell you a story here. It's a true story and a very inspiring story about a couple men. Some of, them, some of you will probably recognize them. But it's a story of how generosity can truly transform people's lives. And to turn from being selfish and greedy and afraid into being joyful givers and truly changing people's lives. It's a story of a man named Larry Stewart and another man named Ted Horn, referred to as Cookie by his friends. Now Larry Stewart, he's a Kansas City favorite and he was known as Secret Santa a number of years ago. Now, Larry, he lived two different lives. When he was very young, a young schoolboy, he learned how to swindle people out of things he wanted. And he got very crafty at it, very good at being swindling. And he grew up in his swindling ways and in his professional life and in his, in his personal life. This was just the way he, he operated. And it didn't work out so well for him. He went from job to job business adventure to business adventure, all of them failed. Didn't go so well for him. See, he desired to be rich and the fear and the greed and the self-centeredness caught up with him. It'd start off new and it would catch up with him again. Well, it was 1971 and he was down in a small town in Mississippi and 
He was on another string of bad luck. He was completely broke. His car was out of gas, and he hadn't eaten in days. And so he thought, I, I have to eat. And so he went to his bag of tricks and figured, well, I'm going to go into this diner here, and I'm going to get something to eat. I don't know how, what's going to happen, but I'm going to go in there and get something to eat. So he did. He sat up on the, the, the stool there at, at the, the counter, and he ordered a full meal not knowing how he was going to pay for it. He ate the meal, and when it came time to pay, Cookie was standing on the other side of the counter, and, and uh, Larry started patting his pockets, like, Where, where's my wallet? I, I've lost my wallet. And Cookie, who was the owner of the cafe, the busboy, the dishwasher, the waiter, he did it all. He sees him patting his pockets and he, he walks around the counter and he reaches down underneath Larry's stool and he picks up a $20 bill. And he hands it to Larry and says, well, you must have dropped it. Here it is. Well, Larry wasn't sure what to make of all this, but he figured this is his ticket out of here. And he takes the $20 bill and, and pays for his meal and uh, gets the change back and heads out the door gets to his car and he pushes his car to the gas station and he fills up the tank and heads out of town. As he's heading out of town, he starts to think, where did that $20 come from? And it dawned on him that Cookie didn't find $20 under his chair, that Cookie had it in his hand the whole time. It was probably about what Cookie made in profits for the whole day. And Cookie pretended to find it. And in just pretending to find it, he didn't just give Larry something to eat and some money to fill up his car. He gave Larry his dignity. He could have chased him out of there and said, you bum, get out of here. Don't ever come back. But he, he preserved Larry's dignity in that moment. And as Larry was driving away and he was thinking about all this, he made a little promise to God. He said, you know, if I'm ever in a position to help somebody, I'm going to do the same. Well, seven years later, he was up at a drive-in restaurant up in Independence. And it was a cold December day, and he ordered a burger and a Coke. And, and uh, as he was watching the car hop come out to bring his, his burger and, and his Coke, he he saw how she tugged at the thin jacket that she wore to protect herself against the cold December wind. Uncharacteristically, Larry took notice of it and recognized how tired she looked. And as he handed her a $20 bill to pay for his, bur her, his burger and, and his Coke, he told her, keep the change. See, he remembered in that one moment how Cookie had showed him an act of kindness and been generous to him when he was out on his luck. And this woman seemed to be maybe in the same situation or a similar one. And this woman took the money and, and looked at him surprised. $20 tip was a huge tip. And he, she said, you have no idea what this means to me. But Larry did know what it meant to her. 
and he recalled Cookie and her, his generosity, and he saw the look on her face and the appreciation, and he realized that his selfishness and his greed and his desire to become that rich person was just causing him frustration. And there was something much more precious in life, and he saw it on this woman's face in the appreciation. So that very day he went and he withdrew from his bank account a large chunk of the very little money that he had left. And he went around town looking for people who were down on their luck and needed somebody to be kind to them. And he experienced the joy of giving. His outlook on life changed in that that moment. And his life turned around, his relationships turned around, and his professional career turned around. Within a year, he was able for him and his wife to move out of an apartment and buy a house. And they bought a new car. And his giving ways continued. Every year at Christmas, he would go and he would give out not $20 bills, but he started giving out $100 bills to people in need at Christmas time. And he took on the name Secret Santa here in Kansas City. Larry was very successful, and over the course of his life, he gave over a million dollars in $100 bills to people out in the streets of Kansas City. And he recruited some of his friends to share in the joy for them to experience this giving. And his legacy lives on, and people have continued this. So he recruited these elves, and I want to show you some of the, the pictures of the joyful generosity of Larry Stewart. Think of the many, many people who experienced such joy and felt cared for and appreciated and loved by Larry. Through Larry's story, we can see that it truly is better to give than it is to receive. And as I tell you the story, Larry's the main character in the story, but who's the real hero here? It's Cookie. Think of all the Larrys that Cookie blessed with his generosity over the years. This is just one story. How many people came into his cafe that were down on, his, on their luck and he showed them an act of kindness? Now, you might not be in a position to where you can go out and give $100 bills to people on the streets, but you can be a cookie. You can be a cookie to give somebody a meal fill up their car with gas, show them an act of kindness and help them preserve their dignity in the process. What a beautiful story of how selfishness was set aside so that generosity could shine through. So we need to look at this story and think, how do we transform any selfishness that we have in our lives and turn it into generosity and I'll just go through a handful of things here. You can think of some things on your own, but to get you started here, the first one is to practice joy. Practice putting Jesus first 
and then others in yourselves in the right order. Putting those priorities in place helps us to block out the worldly wisdom and the, the false gods that we can have in our lives that, that cloud and cause us to get things out of order. Another thing is to start a gratitude journal. Write down the things that, that God has given to us through the people in our lives and just in the nature and in creation. Fasting in moderation, denying ourselves some of the physical things that we need so that we can appreciate how others who really don't have what they need feel like. Maybe we'll be a little less critical, a little less arrogant about others when we start to feel, physically feel, the suffering that they endure on a, on a continual basis. And then making restitution. If we have taken something from someone, tangible or intangible, is there something we can do to make restitution to them? And if not to them, maybe to somebody. To pay back what we might have taken and the damage that we have caused. And practice generosity. Again, maybe we don't have $100 bills to give, but if we kept a little cash in our pocket, a little extra cash that we can give to somebody when we see somebody who seems like they're down on their luck, having a bad stretch, and just share it with them, like Larry and Cookie did. And we know that we're going to struggle with this. We're going to stumble. There's going to be times when we missed an opportunity that we really should have been generous, or maybe we took something that didn't belong to us. God knows that we're going to stumble, and he's waiting for us in the confession, the sacrament of confession to forgive us. And he'll send us back out on our way to say, okay, you are forgiven. Let's, let's continue on and try it again. This transformation from selfishness to generosity, such a beautiful thing, and we see it in Larry and Cookie's story here. So the action plan and the family activity this week, think of a time when someone was generous with you and write that person a letter telling them what it really meant to you that they took time and they shared something of theirs and what it meant to you. And then as a family activity, take a family drive. Take your, the children in your life out for a drive and go through two different neighborhoods, a rich neighborhood and, and, and a poor neighborhood. And talk to them about the difference there and how creation was given for all of us and how we all are invited to participate in God's plan of salvation through the things that we have. I think that would be a wonderful discussion to have with the children in your life. Next week, we'll be looking at the Eighth Commandment, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. And so we're going to be looking at not lying, but kind of like not stealing, there's an awful lot more to it. And it calls us to greatness. And it calls us to look at what we need to be protecting. And that is the truth. Let's close with our prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Creator of the universe and redeemer of our souls, give us your grace to grow in your commandments each day and your mercy when we stumble. You are the Lord, our God. We will not have other gods before you. We will not use your name in vain, but will glorify your name in all our words and actions. We will remember to keep holy the Lord's day by preserving it only for worshiping in you, resting in you, for relationship with family and friends. 
we will honor our father and mother and teach our children to do the same. We will not kill, but will honor and protect life from conception to natural death. We will not commit adultery, but will honor our bodies for the sacred purpose of new life. We will not steal, but instead cultivate a heart of generosity. We will not lie, but rather honor truth in our words and actions. And we will not covet our neighbor's spouse, and we will not covet the things of this world, but rather we will set our heart on building treasures in heaven. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. As you've been watching these videos, have you thought of a family member or a friend and considered how they might benefit from attending this program too? Have you considered how a similar program geared for children and youth would help pave the way for a promising future for them? Our goal at If You Love Me is to restore God's amazing commandments for everyone and for all age groups. Therefore, to make this video series affordable for everyone, we've priced it far below what it costs to produce. Our hope is that those of you who are in a position to help make up the difference do so with a tax-deductible financial gift. Your gift will allow us to continue to make this program and future ones available and affordable for others. No amount is too little and we are grateful for whatever gift you can afford. But I need to add that no amount is too much either. If you are financially blessed, please consider blessing this ministry with a substantial gift. Your gift will help us to develop programs geared for children and teens and young adults so they can be free from the cycle of confusion have the clarity of thought to recognize the deception of the world and instead make wise decisions, have joy-filled relationships with their friends and with their family, and to keep Jesus front and center and first in their life. You can send us your tax-deductible gift through our website or by mailing a check. Our web and mailing addresses are shown on the screen now and are listed on the copyright page of your workbook. Thank you so much for coming on this journey and thank you for your gift so others can learn God's wisdom and love through His amazing commandments. All right, go ahead and break into your group discussions here. This will be questions three and four in your workbook there. Third question is, what obstacles tend to get in your way of being more generous? And number four, what's the most important lesson you learned today that you need to teach your children, the children in your life? So go ahead and break into your group discussions there, and we'll see you next week. Until then, have a joy-filled week.